on a Wednesday, man. It's good. It's good. Everything settles in. We're fine. We're deep into the week. We're good. But I it's, like it. But it's week 11. Like, we've already <sighs> moved on well beyond. We already went through waivers, and now we're here. I mean, we had to do... We had to do it. This we had week. to do it. We, we had to do it. To. Schedules, yeah. whatever, man. We got lives. And we're doing it right now while we're holding our... Holding Hold the dick! dick. <laughs> yeah, we're I doing it. I hope you're not that. holding your dick. It'd be weird, man. No, there's so much snow outside. It's disgusting. Oh Fuck. My God. What is this? Why do we live here? There's so much snow on my balcony. There's probably Fuck. a foot and a half of snow on my balcony right now as we're recording this on. I moved to this city to avoid Ottawa winters. My first winter here, it didn't snow till like January 20 something. And I'm like, wow, this is great. Here we are. It's November, what, 13th? Yeah. It's fucking 15 centimeters on the ground. It's November 3rd. Well, it's technically now the 14th, and we are into week 11, but we need to do a lot of talking about week 10. Oh, yeah. Where do you think we should start this week? Because there's a lot we have to get through. Well, okay. So here's something I noticed, and let's take a look. We usually do the overarching standings and all that stuff, but this is something I noticed, okay? We keep talking about the top four, the top four, the top four. This is the real contenders and everybody else. Yeah. I think that was true for the last, like... Three, four, five weeks. And I know everybody's going to roll their eyes because they're thinking I'm talking about me and oh, take me seriously, whatever. But I know this is a real thing, okay? Right now, Dan is one game ahead of me. Yep. That's it, one game. Yep. Dan could lose next week, I could win next week, and somehow, some way, I will be tied in record with Dan. Yep. The next two teams, two games back. That's it. And for guys like Nick and Rob, it's only three games. There's still plenty of season left. They can catch up to these teams. I don't think the gap between the top four and the four and the five, six, seven seeds right now is as large as we made it out to be. Um, if you look at the points for, it's basically Dan, a yep. cut above the rest, which is crazy because he's only six and four. Talk about bad luck. And then the rest, really, it's a hundred points or less that separates you, Rich. Ryan, myself, yep. Nick, and even Rob. Even Rob. And it's Dude, funny. Isn't that crazy? Like, I just find that interesting. Like, it's funny because for most of the teams you just said, even CRG has more points for, but he's just right, so he's out far of it. back because he's out of it right now. Yeah. No, it's very interesting, and you're right. I think what the overreaction initially when all these first-round picks started getting thrown around was... Wow, these teams are buying, that obviously puts them a cut above because look at who they've got. But we've had some teams lose games. Ryan is now sitting at three losses. Like, I have three losses. Dan has four losses. Like, that is, excuse me, that is tightening the gap right there, regardless of how many picks people have at this point in the year. 100%. So that's an interesting point. It's, we've seen in the last several weeks here, guys like myself, I was the highest scoring team this week. Last week, or Franco puts out a huge number this week, pulls off a huge upset. Yep. Last week, we were seeing Nick putting up huge numbers. Like, we're seeing big numbers and the highest scoring teams of the week. Rob was a few weeks ago, he was putting up massive numbers. Like, anyone could beat anyone. I'm yep. going to stop saying it eventually, but it's just, it's, it's wild that not, it's not that top four that's been putting up the big, huge numbers every single week on a consistent basis. And Rich has won seven straight games, and we've seen guys go on big runs, but the thing is, he's won seven straight, but he's only a game up on first place. Ryan went on a seven-game win streak himself. 
he's tied for second, second and third right now with me, and he's a game out of first, but he's also a game out of fourth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With a loss. So I don't know. It's, you're right. You're, you're actually right. It just doesn't seem like... Even this year, the 2019 fantasy season, in six years of doing this league, I don't think we've had such a tight, you know, tight squeeze up, up on the top of the league. So that's interesting. You mentioned We mentioned the trades before. The trade deadline has come and gone. It's gone! Finally, 19 trades completed this year. After 19! You, after you clamored for trades earlier in the season, you finally got your wish, and trades came in a flurry. It was great. We're going to quickly go through the last trades. This is the most nonsense trade of all time, but <laughs> I... Basically, CRG picks up Josh Reynolds, and he trades him to me. And I give him Shady in a ninth, because I need to make sure that my receivers are... I had three receivers banged up this week. had no idea who was going to play. I was looking for some depth. I had already used my pickups. Thanks, CRG. Didn't need him. Got the win anyway. It's all good. Franco trading Tom Brady, Allen Robinson, and a 12th to Nick. And a 13th. And a 13th to Nick for a 3rd and a 5th. I need to hear your thoughts on this. Please. Allen Robinson is a really, really, really good player. Yeah. That poor fucking guy has had Blake Bortles... And Mitch Trubisky is his quarterback. Yeah. Allen Robinson, by name, great player. It's all good. Acquire him. I don't want, like, for fun factor, I don't want to cheer for a Mitch Trubisky fucking receiver. Because we saw it two weeks ago. They can have six yards after the first half. That's going to be frustrating as fuck. Yeah. But I understand it for Nick. A third a little high price to pay. A fifth two. I mean, sure. Nick's given up nothing else this year, so why not? Uh, I don't know. I'm okay with it. When you have McCaffrey, get yourself some... At least a better floor week in and week out. Yeah, so I'm not okay with it, and here's why. Franco was asking for the world for guys that I didn't think were very oh good. God, and as you me. know, there's a few guys in this league who are difficult to trade with. I would say that Franco's one of them. Nick gives him a Shots. third and a fifth, and that rattles my cage because he absolutely did not need to do that to get that player, especially so close to the deadline. But he did it anyway. Maybe it's because they share, you know, relative relatives, family situation, fucking Coogee's The Donald Franco connections, Oh, eh? my God. These, this fucking family is terrorizing this league. I don't know. Third and a fifth seemed like an overpay, but Nick got his guy, and that's really all that matters. Yep. Uh, all right. Mike trades DJ Moore a 12th and 13th to myself for a 6th and a ninth. Nice. Uh... Yeah, I just wanted to upgrade my wide receiver three flex position. That's yeah. all that matters. And a big thing, too, looking ahead, I looked at matchups the same way you do, and I'm sure everybody else does. DJ Moore's two matchups against Atlanta's absolute Swiss cheese defense. Don't tell Sean Payton that. Um, so, yeah, I like that. Two good match, two good matchups coming down in the next few weeks. Start him with confidence. My favorite thing about you trading for DJ Moore is that you had Curtis Samuel on your team all year, and you basically just traded for the other guy. Yeah, right. DJ you Moore just, is clearly the the guy with the higher floor in that offense. Right, so now you're ideally increasing your point total by a few in terms of a floor every week. I think it's a good trade. Trying to make trades on the margins. Keep going with Mike. He continues to wheel and deal, getting rid of receivers. He trades Devontae Parker and an 11th to Rich for Eric Ebron and a 7th. Mike, again, he picks up, picks up Devontae Parker, then Preston Williams goes down to Miami. All of a sudden, Parker is the guy on a team that is going to pass the ball. I mean, he's probably the only fantasy-relevant option of anything, including their special teams. Yeah, so, what's your, your boy Preston Williams, out for the year too, right? Out for the year, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he's the only guy there that is going to get the ball. And like Albert Wilson and fucking yeah. Jakeem Grant not doing it. So Decent good for Rich. He gets, for a, Rich. He gets yeah. an option at flex, yep. and that's good. And then the CRG trade. 11th hour. This one comes down at, what, 12.01 a.m. The, the message went out. Yeah. Uh, CRG trading Mark Ingram and a ninth to Rich 
for James White, better known as James White, and a second. Uh, I thought this was clearly the most impactful trade coming through in trade deadline week. Totally. Rich needed this running back. Needed it. David Johnson has been super banged up. If you watched any part of that game, there's a clip circulating on Twitter of him just looking absolutely horrible. And it's shocking to see a guy of his talent look as bad as he did. Rich needed this trade. You like Mark Ingram. I like Mark Ingram. Gives him a rock-solid RB2 with RB1 upside. Rich, good on you. And now Rich has two top 10 scoring running backs in the league this year. And obviously Dalvin Cook doing what he's doing. Solidifying that RB2 position is important for Rich because he's got boom guys, right? He's got... Dalvin Cook and Tyreek Hill and Deshaun Watson, who on any given week can do a ridiculous amount of things. And now getting a solid guy in Ingram, who at one point this season put up 31 points against Nick. Not a big deal. Thanks for the dub. Um, anyway, it's good. good I, I think Rich. it's great. We were just talking about his RB2 situation being a mess. He just solved it. And good for CRG, getting a first-round pick then getting Mark Ingram, and then using Mark Ingram and trading him for a second, CRG acquiring all sorts of picks. We should talk about the sellers, and CRG obviously being one of them. And there's four in particular that we have to talk about, because we've already done a power ranking of sorts in terms of the buyers. And Mm. I thought it would be a good idea for us to do a power rankings in terms of the sellers, and give some credit to some of the basement dwellers right now, even though one of them is in a playoff spot. But What? Absolutely (laughs) bonkers. But anyway... There was four guys that started selling this year. It was Rob, it was Franco, it was Mike, and it was CRG. And it's worth taking a look at the assets they had, the assets that they now have, and the picks that they have moving forward. And I'm talking about keepers as well. Mm-hmm. Because these guys are, despite selling a lot of the roster and you know talking about a guy like Rob, they're still well-positioned with keepers next year. Some are. Some are. Some are. And we'll, we'll go into it just a little bit before we get to the matchup. So who do you want to start with here? I think we got to start with Rob because I think out of all the sellers, Rob did do the best job. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to be the de facto number one in our power rankings. Sure. Um, in our, I don't know if the league knows about this. I'll play co-commission duties here, even though I'm not the co-commission. You can go into the draft tab and type draft pick or click the draft picks thing, and you can see right now who has what picks. So we're looking at that screen now. Jumps out to you, right? Rob yeah. is the most first round picks going into next year with three. That is going to be great. One is guaranteed to be in that top four in the loser bracket. Well, actually, shouldn't even say guaranteed. We think it should be, but Rob might make the fucking playoffs. Either way, it's probably going to be no worse than a sixth overall pick. Right. Plus two others. That's great. That's really great. And I just have to jump in quickly because I just made a reference about a minute ago to say that Rob was in the playoffs. He's not. He's actually sitting on the outside. He's sitting on the outside. So as of right now, all four of the sellers that we discussed are on the outside looking in from 7 to 10 in the loser bracket. So anyway, I'm sorry. Back to Rob. So Rob with the three firsts, you put him at number one and you and I had a bit of a debate here because I have somebody else at number one, but you like Rob for a specific reason. This put him over the top to make him number one. Enlighten the world. Yeah, well, first of all, the three first-round picks is incredible. But beyond that, I just think he set up the best in terms of the keepers he potentially has moving forward. We saw guys like Franco and CRG try to take bites of the apple in terms of trying to acquire guys, and then we'll talk about them in a second, but try to acquire guys that might give them a chance. But the thing is with Rob is he acquired – he has three first-round picks, and he still has Mike Evans, Melvin Gordon – Uh, Austin Eckler, and even potentially guys like Ronald Jones and Devin Singletary. And you may roll your eyes at me right now, but those guys moving forward into next year, when you project forward, 
They might be feature options in their respective offenses. I'm not scared of Peyton Barber in Tampa, and I'm not scared of Frank Gore in Buffalo. When you talk about those guys moving forward, Rob going into next year has keeper options, and he still traded away guys like he Kenny still traded away Todd Gurley and Kenny yeah. Holiday. Yeah. Like he, those were guys that he was looking at moving forward, keeping, and like. You know, Melvin Gordon is not going to be on the Chargers next year. Yeah. He could be featured in what an if offense. He, what if he goes to, like, the Redskins? What if he goes to a team uh, like Miami? 100%. That might be even worse. But, like, I'm what I'm saying I, yeah, is, like, I'm only bad teams. Gross, fucking, yes. Yeah. So, like, it's, there's a lot up in the air. But I agree with you on Evans, which I was wrong about this year. I'll, con- I'll concede defeat there. And Eckler, if he's the guy next year somewhere, whether it's L.A. or not, that's really going to be good because he's dynamite. Worth noting, in week three or four, we had written off Mike Evans as a wide receiver one after I played. Totally, I totally did. Uh, was it week four where he got shut out against oh, by, the Saints? By my boy Lattimore. Lattimore uh, shut him down. Week, hold on. Week six, I want to say. Point is, is we yeah. had Chris Godwin as the number one receiver. Well, guess what, Tones? Mike Evans is the number one receiver in fantasy in right fantasy now right in right our now. league. Wild. Ahead of everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. He's had such boom weeks. So Who I would mean, have thought Jameis Winston can sustain two wide receiver ones in fantasy? Absolutely. Uh, okay, so our number two team, I actually would have put, if it were up to me, it would have been number one, and here's why. It's CRG because, yes, the three first-round picks and the keepers are flashy for Rich or, or for Rob, but for CRG, I like how it's a little more spread out. This man's going into things next year, two firsts, Two seconds, a third, a fourth, two uh, two fifths, three sixths. By the way, they're both him and Rob, both done in the eighth round. Yeah, I like CRG spreading out a little bit more. Sure, I I know it, in the grand scheme it doesn't totally matter. Everyone's going to take the guys they want, but I like what CRG's done here in getting a lot of bang for his buck. I just like that it's a little more spread out. I don't know, maybe that's a stupid take, but like. I just like that he has extra fifths and he has an extra second that he can really massage and work around. Like, ask Rich and myself that having that extra second, I was not sweating not having a first last year in last year's draft. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, I still have the options to do whatever I want. I could take a tight end third overall and see what happens. You could even take a QB early if you want. You can go after Lamar fucking Jackson next year. Yeah. I don't know. I just like it. I like what CRG's done. I do, I just, like, having three first-round picks, you can, like, if you're Rob, you can draft Lamar Jackson with one of those two. You have your three keepers already, and with another two picks, you have now filled six roster holes, quick maths, you're welcome, in the in the top echelon of the draft. So I don't care how far, how deep the rest of the picks are. For me, I'm looking at how many firsts and how many seconds, and yeah... They both have t- at least, I mean, CRG has two firsts, but Rob has that third. And to me, that puts him over the edge. But they have the same amount of first two-round picks. Yes, which totally. Next year, totally. Like, like, for example, let's say, let's say Dan wins the league. Rob has his first. It's the 10th overall pick. And CRG, one of, I don't know which pick CRG has at the top of my head, but let's say he has the 13th overall pick. Is that really that big a difference? I don't think so because you and I both think next year's draft for fantasy is going to be one of the deepest it's ever. Like, we're going to see fucking dynamite players in like the third round. The thing about CRG that I'm not so fond of, and I liked him when he had Ingram, but now looking forward to next year. Devontae Adams is obviously unquestionably a number one wide receiver. He keeps him. He's looking at Marlon Mack and Joe Mixon at this point. And I'm okay with Mack. I don't, I'm not really okay. I mean, I'm okay with Mixon. I'm not okay with Mack. I don't think that he's going to be a keeper moving forward. But Mixon, 
that was a great buy low for him, wasn't it? I 100% agree. And if that coach is still there, like, it's the same system that they run in L.A. with the Rams. Like, if they get an O-line, some if they invest in that, whether it's the draft for agency trades, whatever, that running game could turn around really, really fast next year, especially if they draft my boy at LSU Joe Burrow at quarterback. Stud. Uh, okay, um, number three. Number three. We'll get these rest to the next two quick. But Number three of four you got. Yeah. I got Mike there, man. You and I debated this for a bit. Yeah. Why did we pick Mike? Because... It doesn't, like, totally make sense as, like, a seller. Because he really didn't have much to sell. This is the thing about Mike, is that he made one move that, to me, trumps everything else. Because he made the case, and he made sure he made the case, that... Derrick Henry's a keeper next year. I buy that. Yep. I was buying Derrick Henry a year early. I know that Derrick Henry is good. He's good. Congratulations, Mike. You've got a keeper. He's got Zeke. I like Carryon Johnson. I like him making a trade with Ryan to not give up very much at all and get Carryon Johnson, who for him, now Mike is doing the strategy that he was supposed to do coming into this year, and that's he's going to keep three running backs. And it doesn't matter that he doesn't have a receiver. He's just going to draft receivers through his first first bunch yep. of picks. Yep. And he has options at running back, and that's great. And I think that that's better in terms of a situation than Franco's situation. And and specifically about Mike, we knew that he didn't have a lot to bargain, to, to deal with, yep. right? Yep. His roster wasn't strong. He made the most of what he had, and we were questioning how he was going to do it and he actually did a pretty good job. And when it comes to Franco, I mean, yeah, I guess, like, his keepers looking forward are, are, are okay. Like, he's got the option of Antonio Brown, which is huge. We know that Kamara's sick. What is Kareem Hunt going to be? What is DJ Chark going to be? Apparently, Christian Kirk and Gallup are keepers, if you ask him, which doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> to me. But, okay, so there are options there as well. But I think your biggest slant towards Franco was... He just didn't decide on time where he was going with his self. Yeah, this is not so much about Mike doing a better job than Franco. It was, for me, Franco doing a worse job than Mike. Because Franco should have identified, you and I both identified, the rest of the league identified. His team wasn't going very far this year. And I know Franco's not going to like hearing this, but like his team wasn't going very far this year. He should have been selling three, four weeks ago. But he decided on Monday of the trade deadline day to start putting out some texts. Well, guess what? You're asking for high, high picks for your guys that you're willing to trade. And guess what? Everyone's traded their high, high picks. Or, better yet, the market, like Dan talked about in our controversial week four podcast, (laughs) that the market has been set on these guys. And if guys are getting Kenny Galladay's for a first-round pick and Amari Cooper's for a first-round pick, how the fuck can you get Christian Kirk, who before this week did literally nothing? Yeah. How can you get, like, oh, yeah, here's a second rounder for fucking Christian Kirk or even a third round? Like, that doesn't make any sense, especially when guys like DJ Moore are out there for a sixth round pick, right? Or a yeah. seventh round pick. Yeah. Nothing, right? So, I don't know. I just think Franco kind of botched it a little bit here. I think he could have got a lot more picks, but maybe, like you alluded to, the keeper situation was more valued for him than picks, yeah. which I understand. But taking shots on AB and Kareem Hunt are, like, kind of just, like... I don't know, it's like wah-wah, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, man, this could be really great. I'd put a percentage chance on that working out at, like, four. Yes. But, like, 
<clears throat> I like the acquisition of Antonio Brown because he's going yeah, to be on a team next year. I think he year. will be on a team next year. Whether he'll be the same Antonio Brown, I'm not sure. I think there's still miles left in that ta- in that uh, in that yeah. car for sure. There's no doubt about it. Kareem Hunt, I, like, what if the Browns resign him? Then what? Then you're fucked. Like, what are you gonna do with this guy? Like, okay, send him in the drive. He's like an eighth round pick next year. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we talked about Mike just a second ago and we complimented him and let it be known that on this day November 14th 2019 that we actually complimented Mike and good things that he's done or we just like slandered someone else and just put Mike ahead of him but either way let's just jump into Mike who won another game congratulations because you have not finished with the worst record in hold my dick league history the second win of the season puts him above that threshold. He was, so he was a quarterback start away from that almost not happening. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the controversy of this matchup, which sparked a ton of discussion, and we want to jump into that with. I mean, well, first of all, Rob spent money. Rob spent fab money. Rob spent seventy dollars this <laughs> week. He had a hundo coming in. Besides, yeah. fuck it, seventy bucks on Sanu, Ronald Jones, and Stafford. Uh oh. <laughs> breaks his back yeah. can't start a full lineup he finally spends money and he can't even start a full lineup yeah it's like it's poetic justice it's beautiful it's it, beautiful i couldn't have asked for that storyline of the season to end any better it's, it's fucking great it's pretty great <laughs> but unfortunately it sparked a discussion about what to do heading into next year yeah the conversation being about how many pickups we have and it seems like once a year and only once we have the problem but it comes up where something goes wrong and we try to figure out ways to address it. And I think we've done a pretty good job coming into this year about putting guys out in terms of IR, using yeah, that, that whole situation. Sure. Adding the FAP has been a whole new wrinkle that has been, over, I don't know, pretty positive for the most part. Great. But four pickups going into next season. So obviously nothing that we're going to change now, but we will talk about it more in the offseason. I've always wanted to avoid the fourth pickup because I really think that it gets guys aggressive and unnecessarily aggressive in terms of their pickups. Maybe even using another pickup a week just to drop the guy and put him on waivers again throughout the next kickoff so that your opponent can't pick a guy up. I've had an issue with this in the past. You kind of sold me on it, though, in terms of going forward. Right. My counterpoint to what you're afraid of, which is what you the scenario you just did, in order to pick up a guy, you got to drop a guy. Mm-hmm. Okay? So if you... Everyone loves their guys on their team. Everyone loves their... Like, it's just no secret. It's fantasy football. You like the players that are on your team. You overvalue them. It's just human nature. You are not going to drop one of your bench guys. At, like, odds... I don't know how many free bench spots you have or expendable dudes on your bench. I maybe have one every yeah. single week where I'm like, okay, if I need to drop a guy, this is the guy I'm going to do. And some weeks I'm like, fuck, I don't want to drop anybody. Yeah. So, I don't know that that scenario will really ever happen. Like... Yes, bye week hell can happen, and you might have to make three moves a week. Mike just had to do that. Rob just had to do that, right? Having that extra move will protect against that bye week hell. I don't think you're going to get guys picking up dudes, dropping them just to fucking piss the your opponent off because, A, it's a 10-team league. If a guy's picking up a quarterback or a tight end for, like, even a defense for a fuck, just to fuck you over, let's say I'm playing you, like, it's a 10-team league. There's going to be another option on the way where you're just be like, okay, sure. cool. You picked up Tennessee, I'll pick up Pittsburgh. Great. Let's move on. The difference, we don't know what's going to happen. It could be a two-point difference. Who the fuck cares? So I just don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. Just because you have to drop a potentially good player. The idea that's really swinging me is that, like, we do it on a one-year trial basis, and at the bo- at the very least... It solves the controversy of what happens when guys 
you know, when a situation like Rob happens, where you pick up a quarterback and then he doesn't start, like Rob could have picked up a guy. He just didn't have the moves. Like Rob was on his phone at noon, an hour before Stafford's kickoff. He could have dropped Stafford and picked up anyone on the waiver wire, right. but he didn't have the moves. Couldn't do it. This is going to solve that problem, and that's going to, moving forward, help really solidify the you didn't start a full roster yes. rule, and also just avoid any controversy of, like, Rob right now is one point, didn't you say he was one point behind Nick in terms of a He's playoff one, spot? One, one point, right now, him and Nick are separated by 1.01 points for, tied for the same record. If Rob starts a quarterback, right now, Rob is sixth, Nick is seventh. Correct. Which makes... That Nick versus me matchup, whoever would have lost that essentially, would have been that would have been massive implications going forward. And if this goes to week thirteen where they're still that tight and the records are still right there and they are tied and it comes down to a tiebreaker, I mean, personally, I don't want Nikki, love you, buddy. I don't want Christian McCaffrey in the fantasy playoffs. And if Rob's fifteen points out of Joe Blow quarterback could have put him in the playoffs ahead of McCaffrey, that's something I'm looking at being like, fuck. I really wish Rob had started a full <laughs> roster that week, even though he, by the rules, didn't do anything wrong. He legitimately could not have done anything else. And furthermore, we were past the trade deadline. He yeah. couldn't have even traded yeah. for an extra Sand quarterback. He couldn't have done anything. So it's it's. I, I think if we do make that rule change next year, and I think this is for everybody to listen to, is if we make four moves, I think the stipulation of, oh, well, if the dude practiced at any way, shape, or form during the week, so, you know, you get a pass on here, so, you know, you didn't know he was going to be hurt or whatever, that now just goes out the window. If you make four moves with a guy that's injured on your fucking team, you fucked up, yeah. you're giving up your fifth round pick. That's I think that's more worth discussing going into next year than the fourth move is. Because I think a lot of people are on board for the fourth move, but then that means you don't start a full roster I don't, unless the guy's fucking... Has is having a baby 20 minutes before kickoff and all of a sudden isn't playing and there was no fucking rumors to this whatsoever, practice full all week, doesn't matter, then cool. But, like, if the dude missed any... I don't give a fuck if you're limited, questionable, I don't care what day it yep. is. You, if that guy even had... If, that, if he has an injury, you cannot start him. Period. Period. I like that and I think you, sh- you need to bank that and bring that forward when we discuss it in the offseason. The only stipulation... I'll leave it here because we got to move on, but... The only thing I'll say is that, like, guys aren't necessarily on their phones the day of or the day before. And, like, yes, okay, if it does come down to an injury situation, you should have planned ahead of time. I get that. But, you know, like you said, maybe if, like, he has a baby the day of or there's, like, a natural disaster or God knows something that happens. Like, maybe situations that are truly beyond control. But when it comes to injury, you're right. With a fourth ad... It really doesn't leave room for excuses. We have to eliminate that gray area. I know we have to move on, but we have to eliminate that gray area. Because right now, when like by ru- technically rule of thumb, Thursday, if your guy practices, he's probably playing. Yeah. If he practices limited or worse, he's probably not playing. He has a good chance of not playing. I just dealt with this with George Kittle last week. Yeah. Thursday, he was limited. I'm like, fuck, this isn't looking good. I have to pick up a tight end. Picked up a tight end. I was able to do that. I had the moves. But next year, let's say I didn't have the moves and Kittle fucking was limited or whatever. That's it. Tones, yeah. you fucked up, buddy. Like, and you didn't make a pickup and you had four moves. You fucked up. Yeah. Anyway. I don't want to forfeit draft picks, but we have to do it if we have to do it. Uh, moving forward, finally, in the matchups. It was me, 
versus Ryan and coming in, this is my marquee because mm-hmm. I knew the implications for both of these teams and not just selfishly for myself. And it turns out I did defeat Ryan. I moved to seven and three. Ryan falls to seven and three. 111 to 104 is the final score. I had some work to do heading into Sunday Night Football. Yeah, you were down 34 points. Dak, Cooper, and Lockett was on Monday Night Football versus Diggs, basically. Lockett was looking dicey there. Yeah. Hurt. Well, the, they yeah. weren't using him. He only had like two targets in the fourth quarter in what was a shootout. Yeah, so I was scared about San Fran's defense. I wanted nothing to do with that matchup. I knew the work had to be done. Basically, it came down to the same damn thing it came against CRG. Dak has to throw a touchdown of any amount of yardage to Amari Cooper. And, and he did. And once again, Boom. it happens. And thank goodness it does. And Diggs was held in check, and that was it. Cooper, for the second straight week, has single-handedly won me the end of my matchups. And Yahoo, in the recap, is essing my D about it. Like, bro, I didn't do anything. You just happened to play in the primetime game. Like, I literally did nothing. I just <laughs> started the guy. Dallas That's, in a primetime game? Shocking. I just got to say this quickly about Amari Cooper. Go ahead. Second highest wide receiver in terms of points scored in the league. He's won me back-to-back games to vault me into third place mm-hmm. after I thought I was dead in the water. And Yahoo gave me a 15% chance of winning at about 5 o'clock As on my Sunday. Yeah. I understand. I'm just saying. But you look at that and you close the matchup down, right? And all of a sudden, Amari does his thing. Yep. He's the second highest receiver in the league right now. It cost me a first-round pick and it's already paying dividends. If he helps me get a buy, it was all worth it. It's all good. It sucks for Ryan because Dallas lost that game, and the fucking Dallas guys are the ones who ended up beating him, and that's just kind of funny, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Like, is, is he sitting there rooting against that? I mean, for me, it's always real team before fantasy of course, team. Of course, of course. Like, I root for Kamara every single week. If that guy scores four tutties against me, I don't even give a fuck. I'm happy. Just but get a dub. he screen. scored four tutties against you, but then the Saints lost to the Falcons. That's that's what I'm saying. You they know didn't what score I mean? tutties that game, man. They didn't score tutties. No, guy, I'm just saying hypothetically, oh. that's what would suck, right? Yeah, he sure. scores a lot, but they still lose. Yeah, that would be I just, okay, let's, we need to talk about Lamar Jackson. You've got a stat. Go ahead. No, you have a stat. I have a Oh, I want to go first. Yeah, you oh. go first. Okay, okay. But this is just me we ranting and, being, and oh. being rattled. This is just me being rattled. Doors, okay. doors, you were, okay, quick, quick, quick aside. Go ahead. You were at my place for like two hours before you went to work to oh watch some games, God. okay? Oh, my God. We're watching Red, <laughs> Red Zone's up. I'm second screen in the Saints game. Red Zone's up. I look up, and Scott Hansen gets the fucking, okay, you got to see this kind of, like, and we're like, oh, shit, we're about to see some crazy stuff. Oh, Lamar goes off this on this crazy fucking run. If any of you guys haven't seen it, get your fucking heads out of your asses and go pull it up immediately. Juke's like... <laughs> Two dudes out of their shoes and then, and then spin hits, move and on then he the hits other circle. guy. And then he hits oh, circle on the last And then guy. turns on the fucking Jets and goes all the way in for like a 60-yard touchdown or whatever 49. the fuck, 49. Yeah. Unreal run. I'm sitting there going, oh my god, that was unreal. And you are like, fuck this guy. These fucking Bengals can't tackle shit. Yeah. You're like pissed. I'm like, dude, appreciate the real football play. That's which, was unbelievable what he was I doing. Which I did, but it still caused me, I you literally left your place. real mad. I left. I left after <laughs> that. I was so mad that I left. And this is why I'm mad, okay? Fantasy's because taking over your life. No, this is why I'm mad. Because Ryan has been fucking in my head since the beginning of the year. Remember that dumb thing I said about Ty Johnson and how I started him because it's something that Ryan would do? Yeah. This is, Ryan has fucked with my head so much and it goes back to last season and i figured out why he's tweaked me so much listen here's the story guys give me one minute of your time just me is this another ode last year ryan before the fucking season starts picks up patrick mahomes or after week one picks up patrick mahomes patrick mahomes then goes on to have a historic year 
He plays me, Ryan, twice. And in both of those matchups, Patrick Mahomes puts up six touchdowns in both of those matchups. Are you fucking kidding me? Now, listen to me. Last year, I went one and one against Ryan. I unfortunately couldn't beat him when the Chiefs put up 51 points against the Rams that night. It was fucking insane. Ryan's whole team went nuts. But you know what? Respectable. Mahomes has his two best games in fantasy football history, and I still go one and one. This year, this fucking prick picks up Lamar Jackson before the season starts, starts him against me in week one against the Dolphins, and he puts up an egregious amount of points. And sure enough, in back-to-back years, his quarterback has had his best two games of the season in playing me. Fuck Lamar Jackson. I don't want to say fuck you, Ryan. He's a great guy. But still, are you fucking <laughs> you, were, you really have that Oh, one my back. God. Oh, oh my you God. Were, you had the gun cocked But you know there. what? Four incredible QB performances, and I am three and four against Ryan in these last two years. I beat him back-to-back times this year. I swept the season Hold series. on. Hold Suck on that one. Are you bragging? This is classic doors. You're bragging about a below 500 record against an opponent? No, I'm bragging that I overcame impossible odds. You're, you're just saying I'm three and four against Ryan, so he's winning. No, I've won three of four matchups. Oh, I thought you said three and four Guy, against Ryan. I was like, whoa, wake up! A win and a loss last year. You guys know that Doors lost twice in the finals. I so, my name says it all. I'm actually relishing in that. All I'm saying is I overcome incredible odds to beat this fucking guy. And, it, and that's all odds. I have to say. Oh, incredible. <laughs> Underdog like, story of a lifetime, eh? Oh, my God. You guys hear the violins playing in the background? Everyone's Jeez. rolling our eyes, and our friend in Molly, who's listening to this, is just lost. Fucking like, Molly. What, going on? what a stud. All right. I have, all right. An, I have an actual non-Doria Lamar Jackson <laughs> stat for you. It's a good stat, though. Um, Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes was incredible last year, as you just mentioned, right? He broke the QB scoring record in fantasy last year. He had 417 points. Lamar Jackson is currently on pace to score 422.5 fantasy points this season. That would break Mahomes' record of last year. Good God. Think about that. We never thought we would see a Mahomes season like that ever again. Lamar's doing it. Are we going to see two quarterbacks in the first round next season? It's very, very possible. Very possible. I think Mahomes, if Mahomes is banged up for the rest of the year and his point totals aren't there because he's like... I don't know it, but he's like the QB 10 right now. Like, he's not up there because yeah, of he missing was hurt. games. Yeah, he was hurt. I understand, but I'm just saying, when you project forward and you look to next year, and guys are looking back at last year being like, oh, well, Carson Wentz was really good, or Person X was really right, good, right, right. maybe I'm not going to take Mahomes in the top there because the numbers seem skewed, but deservingly so, yep. considering the talent. Um, I think we need to talk about... Um, Baltimore's defense, because I think the league was very happy to see a defense put up, what, 26 points against you? Yeah, it was kind of rattling, but then again, like, New England's defense has, like, fucked everyone in the ass all year long. So, I mean, I get it. I understand how people want to be like, hey, haha, it's great, whatever, but still won. So, like, whatever. I still think it's great. It is pretty funny. I still think it's great. Baltimore's defense did an incredible job. I thought that I was done, but all of Baltimore fucked me. I thought early in that matchup it was over. Um, the entire city of Baltimore fucked you. You want to say something about Cooper Cup? I do. Uh, you had more receiving yards, or just as many receiving yards this season in the NFL than Cooper Cup did in that game. Zero, 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 zero. He had four targets. Cooper I Cup sucked. Yeah. That offense sucked. Robert Woods got his, man. He had his first good day in, of the year, pretty much. Yeah. Cooper Cup was MIA. Your boy Minka Fitzpatrick, the culprit, <laughs> locked him down in the slot. It was pretty impressive. It was uh, Did it was not satisfying. think I would see a goose egg from Cooper Cup this season. 
No. No. You didn't think you'd see it out of Mike Evans, though. Yeah, I did. Marshawn Lattimore's really good. Uh Uh-huh, that's fair. Uh, fair. All right, let's move on. We have to finally move on. Um, You. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Oh, it's me. I'm just looking down at my list, and it's like, oh, it's Ant, who's 5-5, and because you beat Nick uh, by actually what was, and it's incredible, because it was only 25 points, but it was the highest, uh, I'm sorry, the largest margin of victory this week, which is pretty impressive. Really? Congratulations. Thank you. You needed 12 points from Carson Sanders and San Fran's D to secure the dub on Monday night. I had absolutely no doubt, and you were shitting yourself I assume the worst reason. will happen at all times. That is that is fair. I assume the worst. I understand. Uh, yeah, I was very happy this week. And this was with Sanders going out. The receivers weren't great on my squad, but the running backs, somehow, somehow this year my team's running backs is carrying me. Who would have thought that going into the season, eh? Yeah. Especially after last year. But yeah, man, it's good. I think uh, I think things are looking good for my squad. I uh, I think some respect needs to be put on my name here. Really? Yeah, I do. Okay, go. Not only was I the highest point scorer of the week this week, that's right. Last six weeks, put up some numbers, man. I averaged it out, so you didn't have to, guys. My math. You can trust my math. As we've learned anything, no, you can not. trust my math no, on this podcast. not a math guy. I have averaged 117 points in the last six weeks. My team's rounded into form. Aaron Jones's role is secure. Chris Carson's role is secure. My receiver situation's gotten better with trades, with whatever, like just Manuel Sanders getting traded out of fucking Denver. Um, I like my squad right now, man. I think I can beat pretty much anyone in this league on any given week. To put it into perspective on that 117 points, Dan leads the league in average points per week, and he's averaging 121 and change per week. Which so is one, How does he have four losses? It's incredible. I have no idea. Just tough matchups. But speaking of matchups... Yeah, it's not far off is what you're saying. Right. With yours in particular, like, I understand, and we should put some respect on your name, but I only mean some, because when you look at the top five teams in the league right now... You don't you you're fifth in terms of points for there. Like CRG has more fucking points than your team 100%. does. That's embarrassing. But if you, you also have those, the point is, is the, for the if you scrap like some of the early season, just like bad decisions on my part, and sure. just like situations not being good, like Emmanuel Sanders not being in my lineup, for example. Yeah. You know, didn't have Keenan Allen back then too. I know he hasn't been great, but he was better than fucking starting some of the scrubs I was starting in week three. You know yeah. what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Second fewest points against in the league. Mm-hmm. However, like you said, you just got to get hot at the right time. That's and it. if your squad is coming together at a good time right now, then you're looking like you could be in pretty good shape. Your remaining schedule. It's Franco next week, but then it's Dan and Rich. Mm-hmm. So you want to measuring prove, stick games. Yeah, yeah, you want to prove that you belong, then yep. those are the teams you're going to have to do it against. And you already mentioned, I mean, it is tighter in this league than we have previously assumed it was, so maybe those matchups aren't quite as juggernaut as, as they seem. Put some respect on my name! Aaron Jones, three touchdowns. Some respect on Aaron Jones' Again, name. he's sick. Second game this season yeah. with three or more. That's crazy. Second. You know who's bad? He's awesome. Really bad? Go ahead. Jared Goff. Yeah, he stinks. Jared Goff is really bad at football, and he's We've supposed to be good. Trip. He he just doesn't look good, and he's been driving Nick crazy all year long to the point where he's just like, yo, get off my squad. He just fucking dropped his ass. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he was just so he mad, just, eh? I think, Nick, I think Nick... Even you didn't do that with Ty Johnson. It's funny because Nick acquires... So Nick acquires from Franco, we talked about it before, but he acquires Allen Robinson and Tom Brady for that third and fifth. And you know what? I guess down the stretch, he's looking at Tom Brady being like, yeah, this is my guy. Coming off the bye. 
Brady's schedule, week 11, at Philly, at home against Dallas, at Houston. Pretty good. Decent matchups there. But then when week 14 starts, and Nick, we know we'll be playing in week 14, at home against KC in a likely shootout. At Cincinnati in week 15, at home against Buffalo in week 16. And that's pretty good for a guy that he knows is going to be his quarterback moving forward. Wait, what is that? Oh, it's magic. Is, it, is that... Is that, is that Rich Ben's music? Whoa. Is that Rich Ben's music? Richie! Get out the way, get out the way, get out the way. Get out his way! Fuck out his way! We weren't against him, Doris. Nope. We went against him. We did. What's he doing? Wow. That's what he's doing. Wow. This is the best thing we've ever done on this pod. Debatable. <laughs> if, the, if the crew could see what I'm doing with my shoulders right now. It's crazy. They would not be liking it. Okay, we've got a new first place team, boys, because Rich Ben is 8-2. and two. He's won seven straight, and he's now in first place. Uh-huh. Congratulations to Richard Ben. Rich J. He's in first place, and he said that he needed a bye. He said, coming into this year, I need one of those buys. And he's getting it. It's buy and finals or bust. And now he's there and we chirped the shit out of him because he went loss, loss, win, loss to start the season or some doesn't shit. Sound, doesn't sound accurate. But he kept the team win, 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 win. He's been getting dubs. Seven straight dubs. He is 8-2. and two. He defeats CRG 114-96. Rich sweeps the season series with CRG. He's 2-0. and oh. Congratulations to Rich Ben. Congrats, Richard Ben. I thought his team was trending downwards. He acquires Mark Ingram. I believe that no longer. Congratulations. Great pickup and solidifying that RB2 spot. I think he absolutely needed to make that move. We talked about David Johnson and Chase Edmonds. Obviously, he's still hurt. Great job for Rich. Big dub. Here's where it gets tough. His remaining Uh schedule is Dan. Mm. Ryan. Mm. Tones. Oh, that's a no. Obviously. <laughs> For him, I mean. Oh, of course. <laughs> Obviously. I just want to make myself clear. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Obviously, the toughest strength is scheduled down the stretch. Yeah, that's tough. The interesting thing about playoff implications here is that one of the top tier teams is guaranteed a loss in those matchups. And mm. we're talking about Dan versus Dan versus Ryan. Tie. One of the Tie. <laughs> yeah. Tie. Hey, it's Tie. It's not a loss. Tie. Yeah. It's not a loss. Uh, that makes things really interesting for teams like me who are just on the fringe, for teams like you who are just right behind. It's a tough sked for Rich. And, yeah, seven straight wins is great. He's beat some not-so-great opponents on the way there. But now the squad really gets tested, and yeah. he hopefully will get T.Y. back sooner rather than later to get the whole squad healthy. Right about him. Getting Ingram in there, hopefully a healthy squad when he's got to face these teams down the stretch. Rich will never have a healthy squad. Tyreek Hill <laughs> looked like he injured that same shoulder that he hurt earlier in the year this week. It didn't look good. He landed hard on that fucking thing. Left for a brief moment, came back. I'm like, oh, my God, this poor rich guy cannot fucking stop with the injury bug. And then he comes back. I'm like, oh, it's all good. And then Austin Hooper happened. Yeah. He gone. And now he's gone for what looks to be four weeks. And Rich can't catch a break with tight ends. It's very reminiscent of Mike last year who picked up Oh, yeah. Uzama and Will Disley, and both guys like Tyler broke Eifert? their legs. Tyler like Eifert. exploded? <laughs> yeah. So any guy that Mike had last year died at tight end, and now, Rich, man, just don't pick up any more tight ends. Just just, just, just leave a blank, man. Yeah, just, 
Let you forfeit, keep the fifth round pick. Forfeit? No, no. Or pick up a guy, make sure he's limited on Wednesday, yeah. so then it'll work because it'll make sense, and then, yeah, whatever. As you'll Nick, have an MRI, you'll hope he gets an MRI on Saturday morning, I don't know. As Nick said last year with Mike, think of the man's family. Like, don't pick up a guy. You're going to end his career. <laughs> Just don't do it. So, tight end's obviously not been kind to Rich Ben this year, but well, hey. Sure. He's plugging in another one this week, and let's let's see what happens. So congratulations to Rich. CRG, not much to say. I mean, he's sold. He doesn't want to win. He's still putting up 96 points, which is what he was doing in week one. So whatever. I mean, he'll just find ways to be mediocre, and that's great. Not sixth place. Let's move on to the final matchup of the week, and it's Franco who defeats Dan. This was massive. Stone Cold Stunner! Franco with the second highest point total of the week, only one point behind you. He puts up 124 to 117 in the first week that he's declared himself a seller. Guy, sell in week five. You'll win all of the time. That's basically your 1-0 as a seller. That's how this works. Franco needed six points from Gallup on Sunday Night Football, apparently a keeper, <laughs> in order to beat Dan, and he got it. Got it. Uh, 23-yard tutty sealed the dub. What an upset, man. Yeah. Poor Dan. Like, this is back-to-back losses for him to really lesser opponents for his standards. Yeah. Losing to Nick is no, like, you know, people lose to Nick. He's got a good squad. But to Franco, is just like, man, this is brutal. We would have thought Dan would smother those two teams. Yeah. But a big reason why is our boy, Saquon Barkley. 13 yeah. carries... One yard, Alex Doria. You had as many yards this week as Cooper Cup and one less yard than (laughs) Saquon Barkley this week. Both active players. Doria, congratulations. Thank you. Excellent NFL career. Been a big week for me. There's been uh, questions about Saquon's injuries. It went around in the chat on today, this Wednesday. Yep. Doesn't sound like they're shutting him down, but like, I mean, if you're the Giants, I might think of scaling back a little bit. Because of your, I don't think they will. Be, pure, pure. Because of your schedule, you're allowed to watch more football than I. So tell yeah. me, did you watch enough? And be honest, did you watch enough of that game to know what was going on with Saquon? I didn't watch enough to know what was going on with Saquon. The problem with like I was watching the Saints game for the most part, and then red zone, you miss some stuff. Of like course. you just you just do. Like I didn't realize Saquon was having as bad a day as he was until the end. I was like, what the fuck happened? 13 carries is not a lot to begin with, but one yard for that guy is like, that's, that will never happen again. No. Um, Get it out of the way now. Yeah, sure. Get it out of the way now instead. Imagine that happens in the fucking semis or something. That'd be brutal. And just to clarify, one rushing yard. He did have a couple receiving yards in there, but 3.1 points out of Saquon Barkley is an absolute travesty. The only other time he did that was when he, I believe the week three at Tampa Bay, he left the game because of injury, right? So, and that's another three point performance. But other than that, this guy's double digits every week. I do think he's worth monitoring going forward. Let's see how much work they give him. Let's see if they work in guys like Wayne Gallman. Do they pass a little more, get Daniel Jones some more reps? Like, uh, who knows? Big reason why Daniel Jones was pretty good this week and Saquon wasn't, Darius Slayton. Who was really good. Franco has. Yeah. Wow. But we got to give credit to the Greg Jennings Performer of the Week. What a segue. We're pros. Fuck it. You can't stop me. And Christian fucking Kirk. This guy in like eight of nine weeks in the season combined for the point total that this motherfucker puts up this week. 31.8 points. One of the highest scoring players period in the week and that's including your boy Lamar Jackson oh yeah 10 targets six receptions a buck 38 three touchdowns three 
Three touchdowns. This guy is just running down the field all damn game, and Kyler's giving it to him. Yep. Kyler Murray looks sick, by the way. Kyler looked great. It was a great yeah. matchup. I was salivating owning him in that for that matchup. It was beautiful. But, um, but yeah. 50, 55 points combined for those two receivers. His The receivers this guy trots out this week, Michael Gallup, Christian Kirk, and Darius Slayton. And <laughs> I'm looking at that, and that is a combined Yahoo projection of about 19 points. And Projections they, are dumb! I get it, I get it. And the three of them tripled that fucking, more than tripled that total. 13 points, 31 points, 24 points. Are you fucking kidding me? So... Absolute mad props to Christian Kirk and Franco for having him in the lineup. I mean, he had no one on his bench anyway to start. So yeah, he was he in had, bye week. Hell. He had to put him in, and it obviously paid off. What a fucking week for Franco! Big time, big time, and it comes against Dan, who is really rattled that, as we said, he's now gone to six and four. We keep talking about um, Rob staying in the mix for that six seed. It could be Franco. He beats me this coming week. Look the fuck out, man. He's yeah. going to be making a case for that six seed. Yeah. I just look at the lineup. Yeah, no, of course. As a whole. And of it's, course. Which is why we don't consider him in that in that mold. But, right. Yeah. I said this about Marlon Mack last year when Mar- Marlon Mack went off for 100 yards and then I said he'll never do it again. He literally did it the next week. Right. But I'm pretty confident that Slayton, uh, Gallup, and Kirk will not have... Well, I mean, specifically Slayton and Kirk. Yeah, Kirk, for sure, no. Will not have a game Against like San that. Fran? Are you, are you kidding me? No chance. Um... We got to talk about douchebag of the week. Yeah, uh, I kind of feel bad about this one. This isn't a true d bag. You don't feel that bad. I don't feel that bad. Uh, start a full fucking lineup. <laughs> start a full lineup, Rob. <laughs> if you don't start a full lineup. You're a d bag. I don't care, dude. You picked up an injured player. <laughs> yeah, he was injured on Wednesday. Yeah. You picked him up. Don't do that. <laughs> If you're going to start a guy, I look at the injury reports. I check Roto World. I check his little fucking stupid tab. Injured. Don't pick him up. It's silly. It's pretty much all there is to that. That's all I got to say. That's pretty much all there is to that. Congrats, Rob. I'm just more annoyed that he gave Mike the win with that whole situation. That's the thing that pisses me off the most. That didn't bother me at all. I understand that, but from my perspective, I want Mike to have finished with the worst record in league oh, history. That would have been great. Every year we do this. Yeah. It's like it's like every year as a Dolphins fan, when a team is undefeated, I think they need to lose so that the Dolphins can be the only team that's gone undefeated and won it all. But now I'm looking at this being like, I want the worst record ever. Can we just get the worst record ever in league history to be one win and nothing else? Yeah. So... Damn it, Rob. Maybe, maybe Rob just w- loves having that title and was like, fuck it, I'm just going to not start a quarterback yeah. and make sure that I still hold the worst record in the league. The funniest thing about it, and we said it last week, but the funniest thing about that is that the worst record includes a tie. It's a, it's a win, it's a tie, and it's 11 losses. That is hilarious. It's great. It's and, so and that's great. why, let's just get that out of the way. Let's go to one win and 12. Give me the 12 losses. And Mike avoids that's what that. You want. That oh, Mike avoids that. Rob 12 loses. times. Oh, <laughs> uh, Let's move on to the marquee. Marquees, baby. I'll kick it off here. Uh, I love Rob versus Nick. Two four and six teams. Yeah. This could decide the six seed. If you're Nick, you must win. You just have to. Yeah. It is technically a must win for Rob too. But let's be honest, Rob doesn't even care about the playoffs. If he slides in there, I'm sure he wouldn't be upset about it. But I'm sure the loser bracket is what he is actually looking for. Nick, you want to make the playoffs? This is a big deal because he could lose this week. Franco can win this week, and Franco will jump Nick, and all of a sudden Nick's in deep shit. Yeah. Well, you? I, I'm. I'm. So I just want to say that I'm with you on that, 
Nick is projected to beat him by 20 points right now. Projected. And I, I don't fucking care about <laughs> projections. Enough. Your 15% chances of fucking bullshit. It's the dumbest shit I've ever seen. It's so stupid. I understand, we sit but here and all watch I'm games saying... And Rich is always like, oh my god, it's like 213, and like, you're sitting there, like, fuck, I got a 23% chance. I'm like, the games are in the second quarter of the one o'clocks. Yeah, who doesn't know fucking shit? Doesn't know anything. But the only thing Yahoo is saying is that going in, the strength of the roster is it's significantly stronger on one but side. But their probabilities don't factor in anything. You look at their fucking week-to-week thing on guy. It barely even... It accommodates for matchups <laughs> by, like, decimals. Like, a, t- a guy can have an unbelievable... Ma- no, 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 no. Don't think about it. Don't do it. I'm serious. I'm serious about this. Yahoo, I want two things. I want your projections to just be gone, because who the fuck needs them? And I also, and you can back me up on this, I want receiving yards for running backs and rushing yards for receivers. All you see right now is just rushing stuff for running backs. Why? Doesn't make sense. You're right. Moving on. Well, we've managed to get in our one and rant of the week. Fuck! I will move on to my marquee. stupid! I will move on to my marquee, and it's rich... Versus Dan, it's one versus four with the bye week, week 14 implications in terms of who finishes one and two in the league. Rich's stock takes a hit this week. If he loses, he could fall out of first place as quick as he jumped into first place. He needs to maintain that. And if Dan loses this week Ugh. and you win and you have the same record, I understand he still has the points for but, but crazy shit can happen. And like, he's still in the playoffs. There's nothing to worry about for Dan, but he's a team that you don't you wouldn't expect to see in fourth or fifth place. And the crazy thing is for teams that finish either three or four to draw Dan in the first round there, a squad squad that, and I won't use the word projected, but a squad that has that many points in a week that they are expected. Can I use that word as a synonym instead? Expected to produce. That's a scary team to get in the first round. If you're anyone of you, Nick, or Anywhere, me, Rich, or, or Ryan, whoever falls out. So. It's hard to call Dan's te- a Dan of a team of Dan's caliber a must win this week, but he has to stop this slide. Three of the last four games are L's for him, putting up 96, 129, 120, 117. I mean, something's got to give. Yeah. Something's got to give. It's a big, it's definitely a big game. And down the stretch after that, he's got you, which you've already beaten him once this year. Let's fucking go. And Rob, and now Rob, I mean, who knows on any given week what you're going to get out of Rob. But yep. this is, I would say, two of three are on paper tougher matchups. And it's it's very interesting to see what plays out this definitely. week. Uh, that's all we got. That's all we got. That's today. it. That's it. I mean, good one. You saved your your yelling spree for the end. I, I really, guys, I tried to remove the mic from the vicinity, but yeah, it just, I wasn't having none of that. You don't take my mic away from my face. Yeah, I mean, well, we we both we we paid and split this mic. It's it's both of our mics. No, I'm not but. saying my mic, but it, it, that was talking. Oh, okay, okay, boys, my soapbox. Leave me alone. Week eleven started 24 hours ago, but hey, you know what? We had to do the pod tonight, and hope you guys are listening and you enjoy it. Uh, we have a really shitty Thursday night matchup of Browns. And Steelers, which, I mean, coming into the season seemed like it'd be real sick, but it is not so sick anymore. But the thing is, is, with Juju and Odell playing and having to start for me, I'll be watching that game. And it's I'm all sick about, to not my, all about you, man. I'm sick to my stomach about that. Nick Chubb's playing. True. Kareem Hunt's playing. Yeah. Other players are playing. Who the, who the fuck is on these teams anymore? Who's on the Browns? Jarvis Landry, the real wide receiver one in Cleveland. No kidding. Yes, yeah, I said it. Enjoy week 11 and enjoy Steelers Browns. Yeah, yeah, Peace. Yeah. Zone, 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 zone. Let me see your shoulders work. I mean, I don't know what y'all-
smoking for? 